Welcome everyone to an absolutely special episode today, Tea Time with Tommy. There we go, guys. There we go, Chris. Guys, this man absolutely needs no introduction. It is an honor and a privilege to have him on our show. The one and only Chris Van Fleet, entrepreneur and broadcaster. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Out of your oh, thank you guys for having me on. It's always great to talk to some fellow Torontonians, too. <laughs> Let's go Raptors. Uh, <laughs> Raptors, Blue Jays. Um, the Leafs. Yeah, uh, Leafs eh, Argos. We'll go, well, uh, T- Argos and uh, TFC. We've got TFC. Sure. Oh, yeah. That wasn't really a big thing when I was living there. Uh, Ryerson Rams too, right, Chris? The Rams? Ryerson Rams? I was, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but uh, I went to Ryerson for four days. <laughs> okay. You're doing way better than okay. most of us right now. All right. So let's get right into it with Chris Van Fleet here. Question number one, Chris. Uh, what inspired you to become uh, like a professional uh, sportscaster, a wrestling sportscaster specifically? What inspired you to I think for me, it was like, I didn't like what, yeah, I, look, I've always been super passionate about broadcasting. At four years old, I had a Fisher Price radio and like with cassette tapes, I was pretending to be a radio broadcaster and I'm sure my mom still has these somewhere. I loved my communication studies classes in high school. We were actually doing news broadcasts. I was the vice president of my student council and was doing like the more wow. announcements, hosting the talent show. And I just like, thought like if communication studies is this fun thing, this is what I want to study in school. So went to Wilfrid Laurier University, was studying communications. And I just, I had this epiphany in my final year. And I was like, I, I was loving school, right? Like living with four of my best friends, drinking lots of Molson and Labatt's, good times, right? And it just hit me that when I graduated at the end of that year, that I was gonna have to work for the next 40, 50 years of my life. Like, it wasn't like, yeah, do I feel like going to, do I feel like going to class today? Nah, I'm just going to sleep in. No, it was for the next 40, 50 years, five days a week, eight, 10, 12 hours a day. And I just thought to myself in that exact moment, like, I don't want to hate my job. So that's where the whole process began. Like, and I thought that being a broadcaster would be a total long shot. And I believe that it kind of is like, there's not a lot of people, especially in Canada, that are fortunate to be able to do this, especially when you do entertainment news. I mean, I looked at the landscape and I thought, if I'm not George Strombolopoulos, if I'm mm. not Rick Campanelli, Rick the Temp, the and temp. if I'm not one of those people, Ben Mulroney, like, there's not many jobs. So I'm like, I'm going to go for it anyway. And, you know, I found my own path and here I am. I just want to say, Chris, you're doing better than all three of them. So, oh, yeah. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to do a third as well as any of them. Wow. Wow. Humble too as well. Uh, <laughs> go awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us, Chris. Yeah, that's awesome. Of course. Um, I'm, I, I'm having, I'm drinking some mint tea here. Oh, oh nice. Same this here. is my fishing company, by the way, that nice. I own. Awesome. Hey, we'll promote it. We'll promote it on the show. There we go. There Woo! we go. Promoting Woo Tungsten, guys. <laughs> Get Woo Tungsten. Absolutely. Order it and, online. Uh, we like to say that fishing is a contact sport. It is for the fishes. That's amazing. Um, hey, Chris, uh, what is your most uh, memorable moment or time so far in your career as a television personality that has been the, the most rewarding for you or has stood out to you the most? 
Uh, it's a great question, and I've got a few. So uh, please, if you'll bear with me here. When I first got hired in the U.S., this was obviously a huge moment for me, you know, to be able to like get that job in America. I was working for the entertain. I was working as the entertainment reporter for the CBS affiliate in Cleveland, and I'm three days into my job. And they sent me to the Oscars to cover the Oscars. Wow. So wow. three days into the job and I'm on the red carpet at the Oscars. So that was definitely one of those moments where it's like you went from like here to like here, like super quickly. Wow. For me, I've done a lot of interviews in my career and I, I love being able to have great conversations like this one. And for me, it was the first time I interviewed The Rock meant so, so much to me. Lifelong wrestling fan, was walking around my high school in Pickering, Ontario, raising the people's eyebrow, asking people questions just so I could shout, it doesn't matter, at literally everybody. So the first time I met The Rock, 2012, you know, he was promoting a lot of movies at the time, but I was so fortunate to get him backstage at Raw. So I got him in a wrestling setting, which meant that much more to me as a wrestling fan. And like the 15, 16 year old kid in me was like, I can't believe this is happening. This is the rock. And he's everything you want him to be. He walked into the room. There was like 10 of us in the room. He literally shook hands and said hello to every single person. He's kind and he's funny and he's charismatic. And even though he's the biggest star in the world, he has this amazing star quality about him where he's self-aware enough to know that this is an important moment. And he turns it around and makes the moment about you, which it's unbelievable. So I think those are, those are a few for me. Excellent. Wow. So I know that you got thrown into the Oscars in a short amount of time, and it sounds like you've learned a lot in uh, your career so far. So what, what are the things that you learned that allowed you to become such a successful YouTuber and podcaster? I, so it's interesting that you ask about like how the broadcasting world's kind of helped with the you know, YouTubing and the podcasting. And I think it's just like, you learn on the fly. Like, and I think that you very quickly learn like what works and what doesn't work. The great thing about social media is you can put something out there and within minutes, literally, you know if this thing was a hit or if you're like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have done that. So I think the biggest thing for me is to just kind of learn as you go. And I think another big thing is the power of asking. And I think that too many people are scared of asking because they think the answer is going to be no. Well, the answer is always going to be no if you don't ask. So I think a really big thing, like, for example, I just had Andrew Yang on my show today, U.S. presidential candidate. I never would have thought in my entire career I'd be interviewing a presidential candidate. And I literally tweeted him and said, hey, I'd love to have you come on my show. And we made this thing happen. So I think that's probably the biggest lesson for me, but it can be applied to like anyone. Just don't be afraid to ask. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And the Andrew Yang thing, guys, check it out. It's, it's, on, it's up today, right, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. It's live right now. Definitely, definitely check. We'll be checking that out as we uh, do this uh, interview here with uh, you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like social media has been a huge part of our life and has played a, a role in shaping culture, society, in every form. Uh, in your experience, being a big part of that realm that you're in, what are some of the advantage, advantages and challenges working in social media? 
The advantage for sure is like the immediacy of it. And the disadvantage is also the immediacy of it. Like it's, you know, it's definitely programmed us to like want that dopamine hit. And it's definitely programmed us to be like, oh, this thing only got a hundred likes. Like, what did I do wrong? So I think that that's a huge disadvantage. But, and my, my dad always compliments me. He's like, oh, you're so great at being able to keep in touch with like, you know, all your friends from high school. And I'm like, no, dad, it's like, it's not hard. I just pull up this thing on my phone and I can like look at anyone. And it's like, I think that that's something that our parents' generation didn't have. You know, our parents' generation, if they wanted to talk to somebody from high school or college, you called them or you wrote them letters. Like, you know, we're going that far back. And we're so fortunate now to be able to, at a couple of taps, know exactly what your best friends from high school, college, and you know, life after that are doing, or just acquaintances from that time. So while there are some negative things that I think social media definitely like pulls us apart, maybe uh, puts us up against each other, I also think that it's brought us together and brought us closer than we've ever been. Wow, well put, well put, good Chris. Insight. Yeah, that's a great insight. Um, yeah, what are what are uh, the most important advice that you can give uh, to upcoming podcasters and YouTubers out there uh, in becoming successful in this uh, industry? I think you just got to go for it. I think that there's so many people that talk about making a YouTube channel that dream about making a podcast. And the reality is, you know, we all have one of these in our pocket. We all have a video camera and audio recorder in our pocket. And I think a lot of people will use the excuse of like, well, I got to buy some, I got to buy the right camera or I've got to buy the right mics and mixer. No, you don't like just start. So I think the biggest thing is start, like just start doing it now, figure out the mistakes that you're making along the way and, you know, and kind of learn from there. Nobody was listening to episode 17 of Joe Rogan's podcast. In fact, nobody was listening to episode 217 of his podcast. You know, he didn't really start catching on until five-ish years ago. So go for it, do it, and learn along the way. But I think the other big thing is, as you guys know, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work and there is very little payoff on it. So if you don't love this thing, you should probably stop right now. If you don't love it, then don't bother doing it because it's such a labor of love. Wow, words of wisdom. There's, there's a lot of work that does go into it and that includes production, behind the scenes preparation. So what are the, some of the things that you get ready before uh, you start a show or in an interview? So I, research for me is the most important thing. I'd say most of the, most of the work is done on the back end, as you guys know, but preparing for an interview, it's, I try to do as much research as I can. So if that's listening or watching other interviews they've done, looking at recent headlines or like what news stories might be, you know, going on with, with that person. Sometimes I'll just throw it out into the Twitterverse and say, Hey, I'm interviewing so-and-so. What do you guys want me to talk about? And it's interesting to see a lot of the same topics will pop up. So I think you can never be too prepared. Um, you want to be able to know enough about that person and their career that if they zig, you can also zig with them instead of, you know, trying to zag. Wow. And as you know, we are also on that area of uh, trying to be up and comers as well, Chris. So uh, thank you for sharing uh, those words of wisdom. I go, man, we really appreciate it. Just listening. Oh, of to course. You guys, the thing is, you guys are actually doing it. So congrats to you guys for actually making this thing happen. 
Wow. Thank you. No, thank you, Chris.